Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast video edition. We are with Tom Crawford, one of our absolute all-time favorites here on the podcast. Was getting all kinds of good fan feedback uh, this week about (laughs) Tom Crawford and about the podcast. So, Tom... You are more than welcome into a championship week podcast, at least the uh, lead up to a championship, the uh, playoffs coming up. Uh, I appreciate you being here. You you have to be very excited about this week. Yeah, I'm excited. And I love all the Maize and Blue fans uh, showing the love for the podcast, John. It's a, it's an honor and privilege to be on every week. And, uh, and I, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I just looking at some stuff I'm packing for the, uh, you know, to go down to the Orange Bowl, and one of them is a is the uh, uh, kind of a bag for Big Ten Media Days that I got in Indianapolis, and I remember taking a picture standing in front of someone took a picture of me of the national championship trophy, and little did I think in late July of 2021 that I think Michigan would be this close as we're speaking today to holding up that trophy on the night of January 10th. Uh, which will be played in Indy where we had that media day. So crazy, crazy year in college football, crazy good for the Michigan Wolverines. No doubt about it. I want to tap into this a little bit because you have such a unique perspective. You are uh, an accomplished analyst who uh, sits in the press box on high and, and can cite chapter and verse from the 60s to the 70s, right through Lloyd Carr and and the 97 championship all the way up through through today and uh, knows it backwards and forwards. At the same time, you are a Michigan grad who knows this whole thing from a fan side. You have a unique approach to, uh, to how you're going about this Orange Bowl trip. I'd like you to just to share a little bit about that and uh and kind of give some uh some insight from that side of it uh you know I, that's a great question and people ask me you know are you you going fan you going media you know and and i i guess i'm uh, i'm unique in what in my role and i've been in the press box on and off for for most of the last 20 years and in, in, in the, le- the last 11 consecutive years season ticket holder for 43 years uh four generations of Michigan grads, 13 degrees in my immediate family, my parents and uh, in, in my, my siblings and stuff at the University of Michigan. We got a lot of Michigan blood, amazing blue blood in us, but I am, I am an admitted fan. I'm, I'm fan media, as we call it. And I think there's more and more of that. I think, you know, in uh, all due respect to all the all the platforms on Wolverine.com, I think you, you guys would admit you want, you and Ballas and other, I mean, you want Michigan to win. Yeah, you're covering it. You're covering it professionally, but deep down, you want them to win. I'm a little bit, you know, that on steroids, if you will, because you know it is very difficult to restrain myself in that press box. You know, those seven home games. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I got to go for a walk sometimes to go get another bottle of water and just kind of walk it off. But, you know, I'm, I'm involved with a TV show, um, Fox 47, Press Pass with Jack Ebeling. And I do this podcast, so I qualify as media. You know, I'm I'm on, I'm I'm covering the, the team, but I'm just doing it from a from a from a no holds barred. I, I bleed maize and blue, and I want Michigan to win. Mm-hmm. All right, and so so tap into that uh, that fi- fan mindset just a little bit, and tell me before we we start to analyze this game, uh, analyze for me the the feeling among the Michigan faithful because, boy, has it ever been a dry spell leading up to those magic moments when Michigan put away Ohio State, Michigan took care of Iowa. I I get that, uh, you know, we've moved forward. That's in the past. But the fact of it is it's it's recent memory, and it is a just such a, a massive breakthrough for Michigan compared to what people had gone through for almost two decades. Yeah, and you think back that of all the accomplishments Michigan football has done, the fact that they're the first unranked preseason uh, in the polls, Michigan, you know, Michigan is the only college football team to be unranked and then go to the CFP. That's an amazing accomplishment. Michigan typically is always accused of being over overrated. Well, they were underranked and underappreciated and we, we bought into all of the optics that we saw last year. And I'm feeling, you know, I mean, I'm excited. I, I think Michigan's going to win. But right now I'm in the mentality that I feel like Michigan could beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't think straight when, when it comes to Michigan. And, and I'm just being totally candid with you. I think they're going to beat Georgia and I think they're going to beat Alabama. And it's probably more emotion and, 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 and thinking with my heart as opposed to my brain. But I, I look at the scenario both ways. I see Georgia winning. I see Michigan winning. But And most of these visions that I have, and I think about this game constantly, I will say that right now, as, 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 as the time draws closer to Friday night, I see Michigan winning the game more than Georgia winning the game and all these little imageries that are having him dancing in my head this holiday time. So tell me this. If – Georgia happened to beat Michigan on Friday night, and that would not be uh, certainly something that would shock a lot of people across the nation. You know, Georgia comes into this game, I would say, looked at by most people as uh, as the favorite. What? How would this season then become? What would this? What would the accomplishments of this team be? Would it be a a, a very successful season? How would you look back on it? Another great question. Uh, very successful. I mean, when you, and it just goes back to, you know, brought up in the, you know, Bo Schembechler era, you know, following it as a teenager and then going to school in the 70s when Big Ten championships were an automatic thing and then following it through the 90s with that great run, uh, late 80s and and, uh, and early 90s, that five-year run. It's all about Big Ten championships. You got to win a Big Ten championship. They won a Big Ten championship for the first time in 17 years. They finally went to Indy. They finally got that monkey off their back. And they went to Indy and they pounded Iowa. And they had a great fan following there at Indy. It was like, this is what I wanted for so doggone long. And it finally happened. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I mean, if, if Michigan loses to Georgia, there's no question about it. It's going to hurt because they're so close. And the closer you get, 
We learned this in basketball. The more it hurts. I mean, it took me a few weeks to get over that Louisville loss in basketball in 2013. I just that's just kind of the way I'm wired, John. And mm-hmm. and it'll it'll hurt. But I mean, looking back at this year, this was a great great year, and I am so excited moving forward now uh, with the changes that Jim Harbaugh made, how he how he handles his team, um, how he has. Uh, younger assistants and just everything that he's done because uh, he's looked at himself i think and made changes which i think is a great attribute if you're willing to make change and you're not stubborn and he certainly wasn't and now he's being rewarded with coach of the year type awards so i'm all bullish on the maize and blue moving forward to 2022 and hopefully we got more uh to cheer on here in 2021 yeah we're going to talk about that moving forward here shortly but let's uh let's focus on the game right now uh, Michigan, Georgia, tell me, as you have listened to the uh, principals talk about this thing in the days leading up, we know that Georgia has had a, a touch of COVID flare up. We know we haven't heard much in terms of uh, Michigan with issues in that area. Uh, you know about the fact that Georgia has a great defense that didn't look so great against Alabama, but most defenses don't look great against Alabama. Tell me, Tell me what um, you say you have these pictures of, in your head of, of Michigan winning. Talk about some of the nuts and bolts of how that could get done and what the things you that you worry about uh, in terms of this game happen to involve. Okay, well, I go back to, you know, I always, uh, you know, run the damn ball thing that I've been, you know, yearning for the last few years and finally running the damn ball is, is now becoming a T-shirt on this team. And it's, and it's, a, it's a mantra on this program. Harbaugh heard you. Yeah, it must have been. So my point is this, John, is that I see I see Michigan hitting the edge on this in terms of running game. I think Blake Corum is going to be huge on, on bubble-type screens and, and, you know, outside zone plays where he's going to get outside and get some outstanding blocking. I think that's going to be part of the equation. I think Asan Haskins is going to be having a hard time getting, getting – you know productivity on those inside i mean my god that, that you know their, their interior line are, are is going to be tough to run on but if you get to a manageable state if you get to get to 200 yards rushing michigan's going to win this football game you know i i mean maybe that's a lot to ask at least 150 minimum they got to be able to run the football they can't have that twin digit running output or they're going to get beat. I just think they're going to have to be able to run the football uh, between Haskins and Corm, and then Donovan Edwards. You know, about you know, basically those bubble screens and things like that. I, I, I just, I want Michigan. Obviously, I see them running, being productive, moving the football. The thing that I'm fearing more than anything, and I said this, I think, in the last podcast, is I'm cringing the fact that Georgia will be able to run the football on Michigan's defense. Because if that happens, uh, sirens are going to go off in my head that this this is not a good look. These are not good optics that, uh, you know, basically indicate that this is going to be a good evening of football on December 31st. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm overstating that, but, uh, you know, if, if, if Georgia runs on Michigan, I'm going to start having beads of sweat go down my temple. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you mentioned Donovan Edwards' name because, you know, we, we – talk a lot about uh, running to set up the pass. I think there's such a thing as uh, running the edges or hitting the edges to set up 
maybe a, a sneak through or two by Hassan Haskins in that inside game. If if you are getting them off the edge with the sweeps, with the the bubble screens, with the things that uh, you really can't attack with your interior defenders, and I think Donovan Edwards can be a major, major part of that. Corum and and Edwards, I I really think that um, that could loosen some things up a little bit on that interior, and maybe you do catch him uh, a time or two. Uh, I I just like the way they have developed so many weapons. I I think that they were very smart again with their quarterbacks and getting the top two guys in there. Uh, you know, it makes me wonder what does uh, in the bag of tricks for J.J. McCarthy in this game. You know you have uh, Cade McNamara as Steady Eddie in there and uh, not throwing the ball to the other team all year. You have to uh, hope that that continues if you're a Michigan fan and looking for the, the perfect way to beat the Bulldogs, certainly not to give them the football. But this this offense has really developed since those early days i mean it was it was like your your delight early with their averaging 300 yards a game in the first what three games but other people were saying oh man they can't throw the football they can't they they just they're running it because they can't throw it and we found that that just wasn't true and they became and they threw the trick plays in there and the explosive plays and I'm I'm anxious to see with a month what they've come up with to attack these guys. Well, I look at the second half of the Iowa game when, you know, it wasn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, uh, I mean, there was some anxiety at halftime with that 14 to three lead over Iowa. I think I'm not alone in expressing that. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of other nervous looking Michigan fans around me that, oh, this is kind of precarious. Uh, and, and what happens that, you know, Luke Schoonmaker all of a sudden becomes a, a relevant player, Eric. All oh, the tight end becomes part of the mix. I thought the balance attack was, and statistically it shows that when you look at the total yardage, it was about a 50-50 between run pass in that Iowa game. They're going to have, they're going to have to have that kind of balance, John. I think to beat Georgia and and you know keep them, you know, kind of on edge a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that's that's part of it. I think Kate, you know, I mean, he did throw a bad ball with Eric. All end up being a pick. Uh, we we know that a little bit behind. Maybe should have been caught. I mean, people might argue on that. It's got to be precise on those drag passes, you know, whether that be, a, a you know, Andrew Anthony dragging across like uh, in the Michigan State game or or a tight end doing as well. So uh, if Kate McNamara can be precise, J.J. come in there and do his magic of, of really threatening that defense with his athleticism. Because that was, you know, obviously when he gets in there, I mean, it seems – seemingly things open up i think there's just more awareness on the defense that he's in there with his feet and maybe that gets uh some vulnerability on the defense i don't know you can't you're not going to beat georgia up the middle you you watch the i watched the alabama georgia came a couple of times and their lateral speed did not impress me at all against alabama and i hopefully michigan can exploit the same thing with georgia that bama did well there you go it, you know, you talked about some concern whether or not Michigan can stop the run against yeah. Georgia, and I think that has to be a prime concern. But I'll tell you what, um, as impressive as Mike McDonald has been all season, uh, you could you could say, yeah, you know, got caught a little bit 
on uh, the Temple at Michigan State. Yes. But here's a guy that that just has, I would say, far exceeded expectations because uh, my greatest expectation for a newcomer such as he is that is, um, you know, coming in and coordinating coordinating a defense for the first time. We know, you know, he was part of great defenses with the Ravens, but actually throwing the switches and actually making the adjustments and all that. Uh, my, my thing was, hey, hold, hold Ohio State under uh, 50 points because we hadn't seen that lately. Well, he, he so far exceeded that that uh, I'm, I'm, again, very interested to see how he commits his uh, chess players to try and slow down that run and forcing Georgia to throw the ball more. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. What a marvelous job he's done, Sharon Moore. All these assistants, Josh Gaddis. I mean, you could go on down the line. Linkscale, I mean, they're, they all did a great job, and they all improved. And I'm glad you brought up the Michigan State game because that Michigan State game told it was kind of a, a defining moment to this season. I truly think that. I mean, they came back and beat Indiana, and then they went to Penn State and won that game. I thought they, that, that, that season could have gone south, but it didn't. And I, I thought that was critical. That Indiana game was critical because, I you know, I thought they could have a hangover here, and they didn't. But they changed, you know, all of a sudden they, they fixed that situation of having, um, you know, the uh, of offsetting the up-tempo with, with you know, as, as far as um, with, with, with the substitution patterns. They didn't leave themselves vulnerable to that of late substitutions because I, I watched that film a couple. I watched that tape a few times. It was a Chinese fighter. That's how – that's how Kenneth Walker got all those yards. Michigan's defense wasn't even set. And in and, and three glaring plays, it was my my God. A lot of running backs could have had those kind of chunk plays. I thought that the other thing about the Michigan State game that I thought was a mistake, um, and it's easy for me to say, um, as a non-professional in this thing, as a coach, you know, I mean, was Michigan when they took that 30 to 14 lead, Sanders still had that drag pattern, touchdown that going ahead. And I can I can still Think in my mind, if they, they they cannot stop this aerial attack, and all of a sudden that aerial attack didn't get quite as aggressive after Michigan State countered with that fourth down and they made it 30 to 22. I thought Michigan got a little conservative then, and then you know, and then that flipped the game right there. But they learned from that. They yes. learned from that in season. And like I said before, kids gotten kids improved over the season. A lot of players stood out. Sanders still is a perfect example of that. So this is a different kind of season in that regard. We haven't seen improvements in the latter part of a season. We haven't seen Michigan getting hot in November. That's never happened. And that's like why this, this is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I love the fact that our own Doug Karsh was there in that MSU postgame to overhear the head coach uh, calming his team. They, they, those guys were silent. They were in tears. They were torn up. And uh, – and Jim Harbaugh said to them, guys, this it's not over. We're going to pull this thing back together, and we're going to win this thing. And uh, that, that, that really kind of set the tone, and, and they followed through with it. Let me ask you this about Jim Harbaugh and the best staff that I have seen him put together in the, his time at Michigan thus far. Uh, and that would be simply this. You know, we, we know that there's an awful lot of money out there for coaches – and we know that uh, everybody's looking to move up. What are you, your thoughts about the, the 
chances to keep this group together and uh, and moving forward like they have this year. Uh, yeah, that's always a challenge, and it's a compliment to your staff. I mean, you want to have your staff be sought after. That 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 indicates that you got guys that are great coaches, and um, I'm hoping that it can stay engaged for another year at least. I mean, uh, we're, we're sitting here almost at the end of January, and a lot of the movement in the coaching, uh, you know, in the, in the coaching world is is slowed down a little bit, at least temporarily. Um, and that could always change. Um, but I, I, you know, it'd be, it'd be really cool if they, if they stood intact, like, you know, I'm not saying run a Pat Fitzgerald thing where you got your 12, you know, you got your 10 assistants hanging there for 12 years, um, which he, which he had talk about continuity, what, what Fitz had at Northwestern. I'm not expecting that, but you know, it would be really nice. And, and, and there's one other thing I wanted to, that I want to mention right now before I forget it. And 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 this goes back to another aspect of Michigan's team that has performed very well: special team play, the kicking game, punting. Obviously, has been great. And then you know, I mean, Jake Moody, my God, he didn't have to kick a field goal against Iowa. Clearly, just extra points. He had what six extra points? Okay, he's going to have to kick field goals. And knock on wood, that All-American kicker is going to still kick like an All-American because I think that there's going to be some red zone situations where they're going to have to kick and it's not going to be any shame having to kick against Georgia as good as they are, particularly in the red zone. I still remember uh, seeing Jake Moody's parents in uh, a local eatery Northwest of uh, Penn state before that game. And, uh, and that wasn't a game that uh, Jake Moody had to figure heavily right. into, but, uh, you know, you, you, it, it's a great reminder that these are, you know, basically young men uh, with parents, all kinds of hopes and dreams. And, you know, that they will be down there in uh, in Miami for this one. When we talk about the players, we talk about the players that have made this thing go this year. You're talking about Aiden Hutchison. You're talking about David Ojabo. You're talking about uh, younger guys like Cade McNamara and Blake Corum. I had an interesting conversation with uh, another of our guys, our one of our favorites, certainly Doug Skeen, uh, who knows this stuff inside and out. I said, "What, what is the secret to keeping this going?" Uh, obviously, Great they fun. found lightning in the bottle this year. They they found the 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 sweet sauce, the magic formula, whatever you want to call it to uh to have the breakthrough to make it happen how do you keep that going and i'm going to have uh, some of a lot of what he said in a column tomorrow but he also I'll, I'll just give you a little hint of the flavor of it he puts a lot of it on these players on the leaders on who's going to be the next aiden hutchison because we know aiden hutchison is going to be a very very high nfl draft choice if not number one um your thoughts on uh, what you saw out of this team that uh, they need to retain, aside, we've already talked about the coaches, but what else uh, keeps this thing looking like it did, especially in November? Well, you're going to have to, you know, not to get ahead of the next year, but you're going to have to have a, you know, extraordinary leaders like Aiden Hutchinson, Hassan Haskins, and, and Josh Ross. I mean, we saw this down at Big Ten Media Days, and, and – they're all saying the same thing. It was such an assertive, competent 
we're going to get this right. And then we had the three players, and then Jim Harbaugh was this, with it, who looked like, you know, he was fit as a fiddle. He looked, I didn't even recognize when he walked in there. I hadn't seen him in a while. He had lost weight, and he had this smile. I mean, I, it was a different version of Jim Harbaugh. And when the question from the Ohio State media, you know they, you know those guys, the Tim Mazin world, they go and raid that place. They gang That's- up on Harbaugh, and he asked him, uh, about can you beat Ohio State? It's always an Ohio State centric kind of uh, commentary, and, and my God, half of the guys are from Ohio State. Uh, they just raid that place, and uh, you know that's where the comment, "Yeah, we're going to beat him, or we're going to die trying." And I thought that was a great answer because he didn't avoid it like he did in the past, and it was, and it was, and it wasn't. Um, he didn't have a mean look to him. He had a positive look to him, and I think that has gone. Ha, ha, that's radiated down into the players. And and then and, and we've talked about before, and like Skeen talked about what I've talked about with other coaches, the best coach, the best led teams are player led teams. And so Michigan's got to figure out who the next Aiden Hutchinson is and Hassan Haskins and Ross are gonna be to lead this team. And I know they've got a ton of candidates on that team. But that's that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting to see who evolves. And there's there's a lot to choose from. Um and and Stardust and all those guys that have left this year, that's a big thing to replace. But I think the culture is there for those leaders to evolve in 2022 as well. Yeah. And I think one of them uh, is has an interesting scenario because uh, he might be in a situation where not everybody thinks he's going to be a starter. Uh, and that's your quarterback from this year. Yeah. Ken McNamara would be an excellent quarterback, but he's going to be in a battle for the starting job or, yeah. or maybe sharing time. So uh, I think that'll be a fascinating thing about next year. This year, I got to play the game with you. Michigan beats Georgia Friday night. If there are a lot of ifs there, do I can I do I have a do I have a select number like <laughs> limit, limit it to three? Okay, I'll limit it to three. Um, turnovers under turnovers got to be two or under max okay. two. Okay, mm-hmm. max two turnovers. Okay, and they got to run the football for 175 yards. And this, I'll, I'll go with a buck 75. They need to. They get to a buck 75. I think they're going to win this game. And then, as far as uh, defensively, they 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 they're going to have they're they're going to have to hold Georgia in my mind to 350 yards of offense. All right, very good. Uh, and of course, cannot uh, escape the flip side. Michigan does not win this game if <laughs> if if they turn the ball over more than all those times. You know, I I think it's uh, the biggest thing that for me is it's one glaring thing that George is able to run the football. I'll just double down on what I said before. Right. Um, and I, you know, there's been teams that have run the football on Michigan. I mean, Rutgers ran the football on Michigan, and and Nebraska ran the football on Michigan. And obviously Michigan State did as well. So they, they've got they can't have they can't have 200 plus yards of, of, of rushing and, and 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 big play chunk plays of 25 plus uh, through the running game. Uh, they're gonna they're in serious trouble as I stated before. But I don't think that's gonna happen. Which puts a little extra spotlight on some guys that have really really come along this year, and that would be Chris Hinton and Mozzie Smith. Not to oh, mention. Yeah. Josh Ross. Those three guys are will be absolutely key elements to this game. We talk a lot about Hutch 
and Ojabo, but those guys, those anchors in the middle are uh, going to be a whole lot. No, no question about it. I mean, we know what the, the, the bookends can do, but it's that, it's that middle. And, and, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to have, they're going to put have to, it, the worst thing a quarterback wants to have is pass rush up the middle. It's bad enough when you got those all American DNs coming at you, but if you got to up the middle and put some kind of pressure, um, on, you know, on, on Georgia's quarterback, whoever's going to be the one of the two, um, um, it, that then they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to be really struggling offensively. And Michigan could create, create some major havoc on Georgia's offense if they're getting, going to get some penetration. Just like Tom Brady hates it coming up the middle. All good quarterbacks hate it coming up the middle. It discombobulates you real quick. Tom Crawford going to be in the stands on Friday yeah. night. I am looking forward to seeing some of your uh, – from the the pers- that perspective, some of your video that uh, you come away with, and uh, just uh, look forward to talking to you after this one. Oh yeah, I got all my maze out gear. I got it all packed. Heading out tomorrow, and I can't wait, John. I look forward to covering it. Hopefully, have a big Michigan win and a berth in the CFP championship game on January 10th. We'll talk about it next week. Sounds great. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.